Hey, so we're wrapping up this two-week mini-series called Listen to the Music, uh, titled from that famous Doobie Brothers song that you just heard in the bumper. And we're talking a lot about music, and we're talking about worship, but I want to make the distinction that worship is more than just a song, right? Worship is a way of life. Uh, I don't have this in the slides, but if you want to go check this out on your own time, Romans 12.1 talks about offering your life as a sacrifice. That's how we worship giving your life to God. Uh, And so uh, Jacob touched on a couple of verses last week when he spoke. I want to touch on them again because I think they're worth revisiting. This is John 4, 23 and 24, where Jesus talks about worshiping in spirit and in truth. Not just an exterior thing, not just rocking out, jamming out, getting hype. Worshiping in the spirit, the Holy Spirit of God within you, stirring something up. And in accordance with God's word, the ultimate truth, that's, I think, some of what Jesus is getting at here in John 4 as he talks to the woman at the well. So let's talk about music for a minute. Quick show of hands. Who loves music? Like, music is your thing. You're super into it. Maybe that last song converted you, and you're like, yes, I'm super into it now. Okay, hands down. Who would just be brave and say, hey, music doesn't really do a whole lot for me? Anybody? Anybody? Okay, so nobody. Everybody's like, yeah, at least neutral on music. Uh, what m- music d- streaming platform do you use? I almost said device, but nobody's... Okay, Spotify. Let me see the Spotify hands in the room. Spotify people, okay. Who's got something else? Amazon. Me and Peter, Amazon. Okay, Amazon. If you've got Amazon Prime, you get it cheaper, okay. What else? The radio. Mr. Lou says the radio. Who listens to the radio? All right. Not a lot of us, but some. Anybody else? Other? Apple Music. Who's, who's my Apple Music people? Okay. Cool. A- am I missing any of the big ones? YouTube. YouTube has a music? Okay. Well, it shows what I know. Hey, of all those streaming platforms, who has the most songs? Do you know? SoundCloud. SoundCloud. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It is, in fact, Apple Music. You would think Spotify. Spotify, according to their own literature, has 82 million songs, which is a crazy amount, but Apple Music boasts over 90 million. Uh, now, your boys over here living that Amazon Music life, we have less than both of those, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, if I asked you to bring me your device, and I just looked at your music history, like what you've been listening to, some of you laugh, some of you, like your chest got really tight, you're like, oh, I don't think Kevin can handle that, and may- maybe... Maybe I couldn't handle it. Here's what I know. Some of you are listening to absolute garbage. Can I, can I just say that? Is that okay? Like, does that hurt your feelings? Some of you are listening to garbage. And, and here's what you would say to me. I just like the beats, right? You've said that. You've heard people say that. Let, let me just tell you something. And I, I gave you a blank handout tonight, so you write down whatever stands out to you. Uh, but this is something that I, that I would write down. I think this is a principle in life that is true. Garbage in equals garbage out. Garbage in equals garbage out. And, and this isn't some like high concept that I really have to prove to you. Just imagine for a moment that the only place that you went to eat for a week was Taco Bell. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yes, they serve breakfast. If you put Taco Bell garbage in your body for a week straight, what's going to happen? Never mind, don't answer that. Nope, nope. We all know what's going to happen. It's going to be violent. It's going to be stinky. It's going to be rough, because if you put garbage in, garbage is going to come back out. Like, that's, that's not a difficult concept to grasp. 
I'll give you another real life example. If you hang out with people who curse a lot, who use foul, coarse language, you find yourself beginning to talk like that. And you know you shouldn't. Like, you know that's not honoring to Christ. You know that's not something that your mom or your dad, your grandma would enjoy or you know, approve of you participating in. But you spend time around garbage. Garbage comes in. Garbage comes out. And I think that's true in our music as well. So if you're sitting there telling yourself, oh, it's just, it's just the beats. No, the lyrics matter. They really do. The type of music that you're listening to, I think, has a profound impact. I thought Jacob did a great job last week laying out just how powerful music is. And so you've got to consider what you're listening to. And it, it really it goes beyond even just the songs you listen to. It's the content that you're watching on TV or whatever device you're streaming movies from. The stuff you're watching, uh, the language of the people you spend time with. Garbage in, garbage will come out. It all has an impact. Now, please don't, please don't hear what I'm not saying. You don't have to leave here tonight and go home and delete every playlist that doesn't have explicitly uh, Christian music in it, okay? That's not what I'm saying to you. What I am saying is you need to be cognizant of these things, okay? I, I listen to 90s country quite a lot. I saw Peter was like, ugh, what? Um, I like 90s country. I listen to classic rock music, like old school stuff that your parents listened to when they were growing up. I listen to a lot of like the Avett Brothers and the Lumineers and, and all kinds of different things that, that I enjoy. Uh, and I'm not going to leave here tonight and go delete all those playlists, but what I am telling you is as I've prepared, as I've been uh, getting ready to speak tonight, I became cognizant of the fact that I listen to a lot more of that stuff than I do of, of Christ-centered music. And that's a change that I need to make in my life. I need to make sure that every part of my life is pushing me towards Christ. And as much as I love Garth Brooks or Alan Jackson or the head and the heart, like those aren't lyrics that are pushing me towards Christ. So I'm challenging you to think about what you're listening to. And I, and I would even tell you, uh, as you're listening to quote-unquote Christian music, be critical of the lyrics. Think about them. Don't just swallow them hook, line, and sinker. Uh, critically think through what you're listening to. So for me, I'll give you an example that, that I don't really love. I don't love the lyric, Reckless Love. I, I don't. And I'm not here to like bash in the song. There's a lot of good scriptural truth in that song. I struggle with that word. But that's something that I've sat and I've, I've listened to it and I've thought about it. And I, I know the scriptures and I go, nah, I don't know about that one. But it's good to engage with these things. And, and I just wonder sometimes if the band gets up here and they start rocking out, you're like, man, they sound good. And you just disengage. Like, can I just be honest? We sang some weird songs tonight. We sang about bones that were dry. We talked about God's breath in our lungs. Like, is this some kind of cosmic, supernatural CPR? Like, if you don't engage with what's going on, you, you're just like, oh, yeah, okay, cool, cool. But you should. You should listen, and you should think about it. And I think the best worship songs are scripturally based. I love the hymns, like old school hymns. I'm a big fan of them because I think they have a rich scriptural foundation and there's a lot of songs on the radio today on christian radio i think are just christianese and they're blah and they don't do it for me uh, but hey to each their own but I, I want all of you to understand that the music you listen to can play a key role in pushing you towards christ especially if it's rooted in scripture this is a verse that i want you to jot down psalm 119 verse 11 it says i have hidden your word in my heart that i might not sin against you hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Listening to solid, biblically-based music can be a part of this. It really can. Let's do a little exercise, because uh, I, I wonder how we do with, 
what this verse challenges us to. Uh, stand up if you have at least one Bible verse memorized. Stand up. Don't lie because I may call on you. Okay? Give a round of applause. You did it. Congratulations. You've hidden God's word in your heart. Stay standing if you have five Bible verses memorized. Holy moly. That, that cut a lot of us. Okay? Ten Bible verses. Twenty. Okay? Did anybody make the cut past 20? Okay, all right. Now, watch this. Stand up if you have 20 different songs that you could get up here and sing. Stand up. I bet all of you, almost all of you, know at least 20 songs. 50, even 100 songs. You can sit back down. You know the songs that stick in my brain I can't get out? Jingles from, from stupid commercials from 20 years ago? Or VBS songs from when I was a kid? Those things, they stick. They never leave. We know music, but I don't know that we know God's Word. In fact, I'll, I'll prove this a little bit more. This is a fun exercise, okay? We're going to do this together. We're going to sing, okay? Now, everybody do a little <clears throat> clear it out. Ready? You, you sound awful, but that's good. You're going to sound great in a minute. I'm going to start, and you're going to finish, okay? Do you think you can handle this? I really want to prove this concept out. Ready? Here we go. Maybe if my slide will roll over. Oh, no. I think my app is broken. Oh, I was going to start, but Sarah went right for it. So, just a small town girl. Okay, we should probably stop that one right there. That was, that was rough. Okay, you, you did it. Who sings that song? Okay. All right, let's go, let's go to my next one. We are the champions, my friends. We got off because some of y'all hit that bum, bum, bum in there. That's okay. Uh, let's go to the next ones. Sweet home Alabama. Again, some people added the guitar piece in there. We got a little, we got a little lost. Okay, I'm just going to read this one. I'll, I will read this one, and we'll see how you do. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Okay, again, some people talked, some people sang. But I, I hope that you're seeing my point. Like, we know some of these songs. We can go, well, you guys can go to my next slide. It's fine. Uh, you know music. And some of those are silly, like Sweet Home Alabama was my, college, or my high school football warm-up song at, my, uh, at 96. Amazing Grace is that hymn that probably everybody has heard at least once. Like, you know music, but do you know God's Word? Have you hidden it in your heart? And if you say, man, I really struggle to memorize God's Word, I'm challenging you to find some good music that is based in Scripture. And some of what we've sang tonight is. So, if you've got your Bibles, uh, turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 37. You're like, that's a book of the Bible? I've never heard of Ezekiel. Ezekiel 37, we're going to look at the first 14 verses. If you've got one of the Bibles that you borrowed from us, that's page 697. There's nothing worse than like being lost as you're flipping through your Bible. Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. And you're going to see that these songs that we sang earlier about bones and breath has a scriptural basis. This is an interesting passage. We'll read a little bit and we'll break it down. Verse 1 says... The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. What is even happening in this first verse? Like, don't skip past this. 
the Lord took a hold of me and I was carried away by the Spirit. Is this some kind of teleportation? Like, what is happening in this passage? It's interesting. There's some supernatural things that are taking place, and we're only in the first verse. It says, He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. In my mind, I get this picture of like the elephant graveyard from the Lion King, except these are human bones. So again, this is kind of creepy. If you just sang those lyrics earlier about a valley of bones and you weren't thinking about it, like human bones covering the floor as far as the eye can see. It's weird. It's gross. What is going on? Verse 3, God asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Verse 3 is kind of the crux of this. God's asking, can can something supernatural and miraculous take place? Can what is dead come to life? And I I love this answer back from Ezekiel. You know the answer. Only you know the answer. Now, the, The ultimate answer is yes. That which is dead can, in fact, pass to life. We keep reading. God instructs Ezekiel, verse 4, to speak a prophetic message to the bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I'll put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And so he spoke the message just as he was told. And as he spoke, there was a rattling noise all around the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Guys, this is some... Halloween movie type stuff. This is weird. Well, is this symbolic? Did this actually happen? I'm willing to take it at face value. I'm not going to say it's symbolic just because it seems crazy, just because it seems like it couldn't happen. It could have actually happened. God can do whatever he wants. Now, is there some symbolism here? Yes, for sure. And we're going to get to that if if you get to the end of the passage. It's standing for something. but, But don't miss this. Ezekiel is witnessing dry bones come together and become these skeletons. And it says that, uh, verse 8, there was no breath in them. Now, the word breath in Hebrew is a word called ruah. Everybody say ruah. Ruah. Yeah. Sounds like something you would say like right before you run out the tunnel, right, to battle or something. Ruah means both breath and spirit. And so you've got these containers, these bodies, but there's no breath in them. Do you remember that lyric we sang earlier about God putting his breath in our lungs? You're starting to see some of what we're singing ties into this passage. So then he tells them again, speak a prophetic message to the winds. This is verse 9. Speak a message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as was commanded to me, and the breath came into their bodies. Then they all came to life and stood upon their feet a great army. This is a weird passage. And if you spend enough time in the Bible, I promise you, you're going to read other passages that are kind of weird. And when you don't know what's going on, you should engage with that. You should ask questions. That's why we've been doing this soap stuff together in our group time. Get in there. Summarize it. Figure out the one or two things that stand out to you. What's the application in my life? How do I pray through this? So let's just cut to the chase here. What is the application of what we just read? 
that what is dead can in fact come to life. And God tells Ezekiel, this, this really has to do with Israel who's been in exile. He tells him you're going to come out of the death, which is your exile. You're going to come alive. You're going to reclaim the land. It's this beautiful picture. It would have been a message of great hope to God's people. But for us, the hope is this, that if you are dead, you can pass from death to life. Now, we think about it so many times the other way around, that we are all alive, and one day you'll die, and that's sad. But there are people in this room who are spiritually dead. I think sometimes we have a very false image of what it means to be apart from God. We think we're, we're just out here drowning in an ocean of sin. And we're, help, God, help. We're treading water. We're doing the best we can. And that is not the biblical picture at all. Dead people don't cry for help. They float. You are dead in your transgressions, dead in your sin, the Bible says. And it's Christ who steps in and through his sacrifice brings life. So if you don't know Christ, if you're not a Christian, you've not submitted and surrendered to the will of God, you're not saved, whatever kind of language you want to put on it, this passage should give you great hope. If your heart's far from God, you know when you look at your life, you're not truly following him. You may come in here and talk the talk, but you go out there and you don't walk the walk. It's possible for you to pass from death to life. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. If you are a Christ follower, you probably know people who aren't. And we need to carry with us this message that Jesus has come to bring life where there has been death. So we, we don't do a ton of altar call type moments here, but I, I do, I just want to challenge you tonight to take stock of where you are. Life is very short. We were painfully reminded of that in our own community this week. Where are you at with God? Like, do you just come in here because it's fun? You like to hang out? The music's okay? Your friends are here? That cute boy or girl's here? Or are you here because you want to know God? You want to pass from death to life? You want to take this thing seriously? Jesus can change your life. But I worry that most of us are just playing a game. Our lives are about us and what we want, when we want it, how we want it. And if that's you, my friend, I just want to invite you into something that's better. I've been following Jesus for almost half my life, and it's been hard. I've had some tough things happen, but I have never regretted it, never. My story is ultimately a story of Christ's love and faithfulness. Next week, if you come to United Night of Worship, you'll hear some of that. Our theme is stories, and so I'll share some of that next week. I encourage you to come back, but for tonight, I want to just take a minute, and I just want us to be still and silent. If you, if you want to close your eyes, I think that's healthy and helpful, and I want you to just think, when you look within yourself, are you somebody who has passed from death to life? Are you following Christ? Is he Lord? Is he Savior? If not, what is stopping you from taking that step? You got something that you're just so addicted to, you can't imagine letting it go. You got something that you think is better. Whatever it is, would you pray about that? Would you consider laying that aside? Would you consider taking hold of something which is better? I'll be quiet. Just take 10 seconds of stillness and silence. My hope and my prayer is that you would get into God's word, 
You would see that it can transform your life. That you would listen to music that is rooted in God's word and it would push you further towards Jesus. So the band's going to come. We're going to sing one last song. Here's what I want you to do. I want everybody to put your stuff down. Get up. You're going to come back down front. We're going to do this thing again. Hopefully they've got some energy left. They kind of rocked out pretty hard on that last song. We're going to sing another song about coming alive. And it's an invitation. Listen, this is not like a slow violin-based song where we're going to manipulate your emotions. This song, it's kind of upbeat. That's cool. But if you know you're in a place where you've not taken that step to follow Jesus, I just encourage you, take that step tonight. Don't let anything stop you. Talk to somebody in your group tonight, your leader, a peer, have a conversation. Come grab me. I'm not going to run off very far tonight. Uh, I can't. So come and grab me. I'd love to talk with you. Take that step. And hey, if you know Jesus, I encourage you, be praying for those who don't and be looking for ways that you can have conversations that are based around God's word and around what he's done for us. Let me pray and the band will play. God, thank you. That you invite us to pass from death to life. Thank you, Jesus, for the sacrifice that you made on that cross some 2,000 years ago. And as we move towards Easter, Jesus, we're thankful that that's not where your story ends. You are alive. And you invite us to pass from death to life as well. Holy Spirit of God, for the one or the two, or the ten in this room who don't know you, I pray that you would begin to knock on the door of their heart and that you would give them courage and conviction to answer. For those of us who know those who are lost, Jesus, would you give us courage and conviction to have a conversation, to point them towards you. God, may our actions point them towards you. As we sing now about coming alive, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would speak to us. It's in Christ's name we pray.